Good morning. I'll invite uh, Paul and Shizuka to come forward, and as I do, uh, I just want to encourage us to take a minute and uh, bow our heads and our hearts, and uh, let's, just act, let's just invite the Holy Spirit to come and uh, speak to us today, and that God's will would uh, be done. Let, let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father God, we just received that uh, invitation. As JR said, uh, we're, we're invited to come before the altar. And God, we pray now that you would meet us here, that your spirit would come and speak to us. God, we've been looking forward to this day. We've been uh, longing just to hear uh, the story of of uh, what you have done in Shizuka and Paul's life. And God, we know that all of us this morning come with different burdens in our own lives. And God, right now we just lay them before you and ask that you would come and meet us where we are at. Speak to our hearts, uh, touch us in our lives. God, uh, as we hear about your love and your power, your care for us, God, I pray that you would just draw us closer to yourself. God, we trust in you and we pray that you would come now and speak to us. God, the story we're, we're going to hear this morning, uh, there's no other explanation than, than, God, that you did it. And so we trust already that you're in this and we pray that you would come now and have your way in whatever you would have for us this morning. May you come and uh, meet us right here in this place. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, uh, let's, I'm going to take a seat here because we're just going to have a little conversation this morning. And uh, let me introduce uh, Paul and Shizuka Mitsuhashi to you. And, uh, and so... Uh, as we uh, talk here, I, we're just going to kind of, I'm going to ask a few questions and uh, to hear uh, what God has done in their lives. And I'll be honest, we've been looking forward to this day for a long time. Even when uh, Shizuka was sick, like I would brainstorm uh, what this day would look like when they would uh, sit up here and share their story. And I'd share that brainstorm with Shizuka and Paul, and they'd, just, they'd love it. They'd just like, yes, I can't wait for that. That's going to be great. And, uh, and even though we, we dreamt of this day for a, the longest time, I will admit that that hope uh, just almost became like a flicker. Because... Um, Shizuka looks very healthy and radiant this morning. Amen. Uh, but it wasn't about but about five months ago uh, that she literally lay on her deathbed. And uh, five months ago, in May of this year, uh, she was down to seventy pounds and hadn't eaten anything uh, through her you know, naturally for nine months. All her nutrients were through IV for nine months. And, uh, and basically the, the doctors had given up hope. And so she was placed on hospice care, taken off all of her medication, and uh, the IV was removed. And uh, her, her family and friends were called to come in and say their... Uh, final goodbyes, and uh, and um, and I remember getting a text from Paul that says she's not going to live much longer. In fact, she she might not make it through the night, unless and that and that's that's a small little six six uh, letter word unless, but it's a, a big unless unless God does something amazing, and so that's what we're going to tell you about this morning. Because obviously God has done something amazing. But, uh, uh, you know, as we were going through this, I think, uh, Shizuka, you never gave up hope. You always had hope and uh, that, that God would heal you. But even in, in the midst of that hope, 
there was a sense of peace that if God were to call you home to go and to, to meet the Lord, that you were okay with that as well. Like you had that hope and that peace. And so, Shizuka, could you just tell us about um, that hope and peace that you maintained through this, through this long illness and, and uh, sickness? It began when I decided to remove the IV line. Um, I no longer was tolerating the solution. So I told my doctors, you know, if this is the way God wants me, then this is the way I'll go. And um, it was very difficult for us all, including my husband and the doctors, to all come to understand that this was the decision that I was making because I, yeah. there was nothing more to fight. So it was more of a surrender and understanding that, sorry, understanding that I had no more options. I relied on God and said, do with me what you will because this is the only option. And so this sense of calm and peace just, came into me that I didn't ask for more or want more because whether I was here on earth or with God in heaven, I had God. So ultimately, that was the goal. So it brought this beautiful sense of peace. And honestly, it's really difficult to be peaceful around everyone eating. Uh (laughs) (laughs) But trust me, God gave me that peace. And uh, I think... I think some would even say grace because I I didn't even flinch sometimes. So Mm -hmm. it was a blessing. Yeah. It was a blessing. There's a verse in um, Philippians 1 where Paul, uh, towards the end of his life, and he's in prison at the time, he says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And uh, the idea that if God wanted, and and he goes on to say, um, for your sake, it is better that I remain here, but it, if, if it is the Lord's will, then, then I uh, long to go home and be with Christ. That's, that's gain. Like that verse came to mind as, as you were sharing. Shizuka, I know you, you, you often t- you said you've always prayed. You always started your prayers. God, if you want me here, I will serve you. And that was, that was your heart throughout it all. I think... I think since I was a child, I felt like that. But during this time, it was a a different level of commitment. I felt like if he had me here, it was for a purpose. And that purpose was to serve him in whatever form that would be. And I wanted to do right by him. So every day that I prayed, I would say that commitment and prayer to him. Yeah. And it was more of a, like... It wasn't just a thought, if that makes sense. I felt like my whole body committed to him. Like, if I was alive, it was because of him. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I, I want to make sure we're as good as we can be with our audio, because it's special and we want everyone to hear. Should uh, Shizuka turn off her lapel now, if she's going to use the handheld with that? Okay. Okay, so let me just continue as we set the stage here. Paul, could you just tell us, like, I know that, um, you know, even when we did our, the three of us, we did the premarital counseling together, we knew that Shizuka was sick, uh, but when you guys got married, um, we, we obviously had no idea the journey that you guys were in for. But even right after you got married, things seem to take a turn for the worst almost immediately. So just kind of help us to understand that. As a, as a joke, um, so working in the games, again, the game industry, uh, my friends... Okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, let, let's just use the handheld. I know that's not necessarily the easiest, but that might help us.
Um, my friends would joke, um, uh, saying, hey, Paul, you started uh, your marriage off on hard mode um, instead of easy. Um, <laughs> that's because uh, just a few days after we got married, we got married on a Thursday night. Um, the following Sunday, she, uh, Shizuka had a severe allergic reaction. She was, uh, we were rushed off to the emergency room. And we spent the entire night there. Um, they were trying to troubleshoot and triage and trying to figure out what was going on with her. Um, and they uh, medicated her quite a bit and uh, eventually discharged us late in the, mor or late in the morning. Um, and I was going back to work the very next day um, after taking about two weeks off to do wedding prep and stuff like that. So we uh, dropped her off at her mother's house and I went back to work and uh, to find out that um, my role, uh, my position at work of five and a half years was no longer necessary. And I was uh, laid off um, at the time. And it was really hard because my means to provide was no longer there. Um, it didn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. It was like, she's sick already, and what can I do to take care of her? So coming home and talking to her and letting her know that what happened at work was gut-wrenching. And we didn't fully understand, but it was one of those moments where we had to trust in God because we don't know what his plan was for us. We don't know what his, his journey for us looked like. And I think that's kind of what got us through that moment because... Um, Later, we would figure out that she didn't just need to be, like, come home and have some chicken soup and she's getting go good to go. She needed a full-time caretaker mm. for an extended amount of time. So I was, I was fortunate to have um, enough severance uh, to keep us, keep us going for a, a good while so I didn't have to work. Um, and it's one of those things and one of those moments where God knows what you need before you do. And he's going to provide that for you. And the opportunity for me to be home full time was what was critical in that moment. And we didn't see it at the very moment, but as time progressed, uh, that became more and more vivid. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So as you guys are going through this and, and Shizuka is in and out of the hospital, at one point, your healthcare provider then uh, provided an end-of-life therapist. And I know that that relationship turned out to be just really crucial in this story, Shizuka. So could you uh, share with us just um, that, uh, about what the therapist said and, uh, and, how, and how God used that? Well, it was really divine timing because I... I thought I was at peace, and I think for the most part, I was, but I think what God had in store was a little bit more ironing out. And um, so he facilitated everything to go smoothly, the insurance, the, the getting the appointments, scheduling, and I had an appointment the next day. And so our first session, my therapist asks, I, I sense that you're a woman of faith, and I said, I am. And she says, you know, would you be open to hearing me out? And I said, of course. So she expressed, do you or have you fasted and repented? And I said, well, I can't eat. So I think that that's pretty much <laughs> fasting for the most part. Um, I think I have that one down. And she's like, well, how about repentance? And I said, I feel like I've done as much as I can, but I'll do some more, you know, anything that would help. And so she says, well, how about others? Do you think anyone else would fast and repent with you? And I said, I believe so. I, so I got a group of people together, and we all fasted and repented for this time. It was a good seven days. And um, during this time, I had this beautiful experience with God. It was so profound that it, it moves me to this day. You know, um, as much as you, you come to God with your 
inconsistencies and your, I would say you're just vulnerable to him. And so as I was having this conversation with God, God shared, honey, there's something that you haven't looked at. And I'm like, I don't know what it is. He says, you do it every day. And I'm like, something I do every day. I say, well, I'm definitely a worrier. And he says, yes. He says, and, and you pray to me every day, and yet you carry it with you. He says, you're supposed to just let go. And I said, but I thought I'm doing something good. You know, because I love all those that I'm caring for. He says, yes, but that means you don't trust in me. He says, so when you share this, share it and let go. And for me to understand that, fully grasp that, I was just, I would say in awe, you know, in awe because he, it was as if he was giving me a ch second chance to even understand that I, all this time I was doing wrong because I was carrying the burden, a burden that I didn't need to carry because he was there to carry it for me. So, yes, it was a big surrender. And as I prayed, I prayed to God in a very different way now. I just thank him. I thank him because I know that whatever he has before me will be what he would like to give me. So I pray and give thanks instead of asking and petitioning for things. Mm -hmm. I think that that's one of the keys that we share just in this journey is the, I, as, we, as we talk about this, it seems that that's a theme, that idea of surrender just keeps coming up again and again, to surrender and to lay ourselves in God's hands in whatever his will is. And even that idea of surrendering our worry, that seems to be a, a powerful thought. Uh, but Shizuka, as you, were, as you go through this process of repentance and of prayer and of surrender, um, I know your hope, is, your hope is steady. Your faith is, is steady. And uh, so I'd like, Paul, you to just share a little bit about how you're doing spiritually through all of this. Because in a sense, there, I think that there's a, there's a powerful testimony in that as well. Definitely. Um, I, wasn't, I wasn't nearly as graceful as she was, um, where she had a clear sight and a clear path to where she, where she, where she needed to go. And I would say mine was more like um, an old rickety wooden roller coaster, um, mm -hmm. going with the ups and downs of um, disappointment and discouragement. Um, and like the occasional side to sides of distrust. And it's something that I, I really, sh I, sh I struggled with. Um, it's something that hindered my relationship with God because like what I was experiencing um, was, was, was hard emotionally, mentally, physically, uh, every sense of my being. It was something that I, I held on to on my own. And that's one of those things where I realized I was holding on to these things on my own. Um, I was trying to do everything on my own, and I failed to really trust in God. I only trusted Him when it was like easy. Like it's it's ironic where you trust you trust in Him when it's like things are good. You're like, yeah, I think thanks God. Mm -hmm. But then when things get hard, you're just like, ah, where are you at? Like, what are you doing? Like, um, and that's that me realizing that became a very uh, pivotal moment in terms of how I see my relationship with God. Um, because in the end, um, as, as a human, I can only see what I'm going through at this moment. Um, and I can only feel what I'm going through in this moment. And that's, that's where leaning on to God and trusting in God and really leaning into knowing that he has a journey for you. He knows um, what you're going through, and he knows how to best support you. And that's one of those things where I felt like I don't have to carry all this on my own, knowing mm -hmm. that God knows exactly 
what I'm capable of. Because you think you know what you're capable of. Everyone thinks they know everything about themselves. <laughs> That's not true. Um, I've been broken, I've been kicked, I've been tossed down the stairs this entire journey, thinking I've hit rock bottom. Um, but rock bottom just kept getting deeper and deeper. But in the end, God was able, God was the one that was able to pick me up and really show me um, he knows what I'm capable of. He knows what we're capable of, and he knows what's best for us. So then, as we talk about the ups and the downs and the lows and the highs, there is a turning point. And so there, there was a, a, and so I want you to describe to me like the moment in which, in terms of your, your health, Shizuka, things kind of turned. And so uh, if I remember right, it's, it's May 2nd. And uh, tell me about what happened uh, on that day. Hello? Okay. So May 2nd, it was every, an everyday practice that I woke up to uh, pray and meditate with God. My time was at 3 a.m. And during this time, God would just wake me up naturally. My body would just get up, and he would ask me to spend time with him. So I would sit and just quiet myself to listen to him. And this day he said, sit up. And mind you, I haven't sat up on my own without assistance. So I told God, there's no way I can sit up. And he says, sit up. More certain, more stern. And I said, okay, I'm going to give it a try. And I sat up. And as soon as I sat up, I mean, this energy just flooded into my body where I felt like I could just go on and on for days, and all I did was sit up. And so he says, come sit with me. And so I, I got up, and I walked, something I hadn't done by myself. And so I walked into the other room, and I sat with God, and he shared with me, he says, let's just sit together for a while and be in, a, in the state of my life. And so I stayed there. It must have been for hours, because by the time I woke up, the sun rose. And so I opened my eyes, and he says, are you ready to eat? And I said, eat? What would you want me to eat? He says, eat food, anything you'd like. And all I could think of was, I'm allergic to everything, so what, what, are you, what are you asking? Can you give me a little bit more like specifics? Is it like baby food, pureed, ice cubes? I don't know, anything. And he says, eat anything you want to eat. Tell me what you want to eat this morning. And the first thing I thought of was my mother's oatmeal, <laughs> her oatmeal and toast. I mean, really humble, guys. Oatmeal, toast, butter, and jam. And so that's what I had. So I went over to my husband, and I said, Honey, you got to wake up. we got to go to the store. we got to get these ingredients. And at first, it didn't register in his mind that I was seated, you know, that I was up. And he's just like, no, you have those popsicles. And these popsicles were the only thing that were keeping me alive. And he gets up and he says, honey, what are you doing? And I said, don't, don't be alarmed. I'm okay. Just get up before I lose my nerve. We got to go <laughs> to the grocery store. And he's like, okay. He says, let's go. So we get, we get all the ingredients. And I told him, I'm going to make it myself. I have energy. And so I did. I cooked my own meal, and I prepared it for my mother and my husband. And they had my first meal with me. And although they were afraid and really supportive, just you know, kind of waiting to catch me if I fell, and my mom was really there to go to the ER room. You know, She wasn't really <laughs> trusting. And um, we sat there, and we ate. 
15 minutes went by, I was okay. No reactions. 30 minutes went by, and I was like, God, God cured me. There was no hesitation in my mind that, that I was healed. All I felt was this big old lump in my stomach, to be honest, because, I mean, oatmeal was pretty heavy. <laughs> and um, that was it. And from then on, I just ate. I mean, he gave me things that I wanted to eat, and I was fearless. I fearlessly did it. I mean, because trying things that you're allergic to is not easy, but goodness, did he make it easy. I mean, I don't even have the memory of those experiences. All I feel is gratitude. Amen. So, uh, obviously, um, you know, th this was unexpected, so I'm assuming that eventually you meet with your doctors and, and all of that. So, uh, what was the reaction that you got from the doctors and the nurses and those that had helped you or were seeking to help you during this time? Well, their first comment to me was tears. I don't think they could speak at the time. And um, as we sat and we discussed how much progress I made, they said, maybe... Well, my doctor said, maybe you hit like a hard reset, you know, or just maybe it's those, that thing, you know, that we can say, if there's nothing else, there's that something greater. Right. <laughs> and I didn't care what she called it. And then, of course, my specialist, my other specialist said, no, let's just call it a miracle because there's no way you could be sitting here. Mm, amen. And... They said, we were just waiting for your papers to be signed off. And they were waiting for the signing off of my file to come through. So when they had received me in office, they were just in awe and said, when there's no hope left for my other patients, I know there is hope and I could give this to them. The reaction that you get from the doctors and the nurses is pretty interesting. That some are able to receive it with joy and, and even call it a capital S someone or whatever they want to call it. But why do you think that it is so hard for many to believe? Well, I think we often all tend to find a need to pass on someone else like, you're the authority. No, you're the authority. No, you're the authority. No, he's the authority. Amen. And, you know, yes, we can all specialize, and yes, he gives us the tools, and yes, he provides us with the intellect and the knowledge and, and the understanding and the creativity and even the willingness to search. I mean, he, get, he provides it all. So, yes, I think that often we, we kind of close our doors to want to give it up to God and say that he's the one that did it. But the point is, is he did do it. And, and there was no denying it. And even though one of my doctors, even to this day, his email says, you know, call me when you want your steroids. And I'm just like, <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> I won't be needing those. So... It's, it's refreshing to know that, you know, where, yes, you do need help sometimes to facilitate and, and to make or move things, but it's not necessarily the result that you're going to get. Mm -hmm. You know, God is the result. Mm -hmm. so, so, Paul, as you reflect back on this journey, um, uh, like, I'm just curious, if you were to, 
do it all over again, or maybe you could, or maybe I should say, if you were to, if you learned any lesson that you would like to pass along to the congregation, what would you say? I think um, to be less stubborn, um, less independent, um, not having that need to or not wanting to communicate and share with those around me, um, especially with the, our church community. Um, without, without our community, without our families and friends, we wouldn't be here today. Um, we had so much love and support constantly from our community. Our, it's, it's, it's what helped me to get to where I am today. She had her own journey, her own fight. Um, for me, I was fighting a different front. And definitely, I think I would have, I should have reached out for help sooner. Um, and definitely leaned into um, the conversations I had, the meaningful conversations I had with my brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm, that's something I would have, I will, I would have changed. And moving forward, it's something I'll probably lean into mm -hmm. first, <laughs> mm -hmm. instead of trying to do everything on my own. Um, right. Because I, I am a, try to be a, pri a, a private person, but when you're going through difficult experiences, it's not always the best um, to go through it alone. So that's something I would try, I would change for sure. Amen. And Shizuka, this is the last question I'd kind of like to give to you because, you know, through this journey, you, you, you describe these intimate conversations that you're having with God and how God speaks directly to you and you speak directly to him. And there's something very beautiful and attractive about that relationship with God. And so I'm just curious if you could share with us, like how do you even get that conversation started? Like as we talk about wanting to have that kind of prayer life in our own lives, like how do we approach that? How do we do that? Well, it's really simple. And when I say simple, I mean just to begin it. You know, the rest that, that follows is, is all up to you, but just to begin it. so. If you guys would like to all join me, I, I would love to share with you my beginning practice. So if you guys could all just close your eyes and take a deep breath in through your nose and exhale through your mouth. And as you're inhaling, allow the beautiful light of God to just enter through the top of your head and inhale and exhale and just let it flood into your body. And again, inhale. And exhale. As you get showered with this light, breathe it in. And you find this peace. And there, that peace that you're feeling, that's where you can begin your conversation with God. God, we do thank you for the story that we've heard this morning. And God, as we sit in your presence, we pray that you would come and just minister to us wherever we are at. God, you are the God of miracles. There is nothing that you can't do. That we are, when we are at our lowest, when we are uh, broken and there's no one else to turn to, 
God, we know that we can turn to you. God, you are a God of love. You are a God who cares about us and everything that is going on in our lives. You are a God of power. And we invite you to come into our lives and do what you see best, what you know to be best for us. And we trust you with whatever that is. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow, what a testimony. There's something there. If you don't know who Jesus Christ is, there's something there. And I searched the world, but it couldn't fill me. A man's empty praise, treasures that fade, are never enough. Then you came along, you put me back together, and every desire is now satisfied here in your love. Oh, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing. Nothing is better than you. And I'm not afraid to show you my Failures and flaws, Lord, you've seen them all, and you still call me friend. Because the God of the mountain is the God of the valley. And there's not a place your mercy and grace won't find me again. There's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing. Nothing is better than you. There's nothing better. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing better than you. morning you turn morning to dancing you give beauty for ashes you turn shame into glory you're the only one who can you turn graves into gardens you turn graves into gardens you turn bones into armies you turn seas into highways you're the only one who can oh there's nothing better than you there's nothing better than you oh there's nothing nothing is Better than you, Lord. 
gardens You turn graves into gardens You turn bones into armies You turn seas into highways into gardens you turn bones into armies you turn seas into highways you're the only one who can you're the only one who can last time you're the only one who Uh, you can be seated just for a moment. Um, I had something else I was going to say, but I, but I've decided. Uh, you know, I was I was sitting here a, a moment ago, and um, you know, I I've got a, a, a Bible app on my phone, like a lot of you do, and uh, and you know, when you open up the Bible app, it takes you to the. Um, last chapter or verse that you read. And um, I was trying to think, man, there was earlier this week, there was this verse I was reading, and what was it? And, uh, and I was like, okay, let me just see if I can find it real quick, because I thought this would be perfect to share. But I know this was not the last verse that I read. At least that's what I'm thinking. Uh, because when I opened it up, it's, it's right here. I, I don't think I could have found it. And so it just feels like this is what God wants me to share. And, uh, and I'll share the verse in a moment. But the, on May 2nd, the night that uh, Paul and Shizuka, uh, where, where Shizuka was, was uh, healed, she was, she, God led her out in the living room. She sat there in prayer, and um, God uh, told her to, to eat. And, and uh, the night before, uh, Shizuka's wheelchair had broken. And uh, so... I never asked this. I don't even know how, uh, Paul, you took Shizuka to the uh, grocery store in the morning because the wheelchair didn't broke, didn't work. It, I mean, it was broke. And, uh, and, uh, but uh, Paul said that night before they were going to bed, I guess you don't need this anymore. And I don't know if that comment was like this, you, you, uh, you know that, it, you won't be around much longer. You won't need the wheelchair in the morning. But, but actually, I do know that that's, uh, when they shared that uh, story uh, with me, uh, Paul said, you know, Shizuka kept having the, this moment of surrender. For me, that was my moment of surrender. That all of a sudden, I knew in my heart that uh, God was going to heal you. And, and, I, and I wonder if that was, as, as much as the journey was through Shizuka and her faith, I wonder if that was the turning point as well because it was at, it was at that moment that Paul was able to reach the point of full surrender to the Lord. And sometimes I think that's exactly what we need in our lives. You know, God loves us so much, and God cares about us so much. Sometimes I'm wait, I, I wonder if he's just waiting for us to have that moment of surrender where we turn it all over to him, and he's, and he's ready to step in and to do just miraculous things in, my life, in our lives. Here's the verse. 2 Chronicles 20 verse 15. And God speaks to King Jehoshaphat and he says, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of the vast army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. 
Do not be afraid or discouraged because of the vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. You know, we come this morning, and I don't know what's heavy on your heart. It might be a relationship. It might be a financial struggle. It might be something at work. It might be something with your kids. It might be uh, your health. It, might, it could be a number of things. I just, uh, invite, I just give those words as a challenge for our own surrender. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, this difficult problem, this whatever is weighing on your heart. For the battle is not yours, but God's. And God invites us to come before him as his children and to lay it all at his feet. He invites us to surrender our lives to him. You know, I've been a Christian for 35 years or something like that. I've been a Christian the majority of my life. And it is still a daily denying myself, taking up my cross and following him. And, uh, and for all of us, that's, the, that's what it means to have a relationship with Jesus. To surrender our lives more and more to him. And maybe you are here this morning and you've never done that. Maybe you're here and uh, you're like, I've heard about this God. This God sounds wonderful. This God is lo- full of love and power. I want to have a relationship with that God. And God would love to come in and to have a relationship with you. All that's required is a moment of surrender. To place your faith and your trust in Him. And to ask Him to come into your life. And so I think this is God's word for us today. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. May we lay it at God's feet. In a moment, the worship team is going to come and to lead us in our final song. And it's a song that even if we don't attend church regularly, we are familiar with. They're going to lead us in Amazing Grace. And in a sense, Amazing Grace is uh, the song that we're talking about this morning. We receive God's blessing. We receive God's favor. We receive God's healing. We receive whatever it is that God has for us. Not because of anything we have done, but because of the grace of God. Like Paul and Shizuka have uh, stood up here and they share their story, but we just emphasize it's not because they're such great people. Like part of the reason I wanted Paul to share about the ups and the downs of his emotional journey is because God still can step in even when we have that smallest amount of faith, what Jesus called a mustard seed of faith. It's not because of us, it's because of God. Like we, can become, we become followers of Jesus, not because we can earn our way, not because we can do anything, not because uh, we can stir up miracles in our own lives. It's all God. It just, come, it, it just boils down to, are we willing to trust in the Lord? And I'm not promising that if we come before God, that God is going to work out everything perfectly. Like, I love what Shizuka said at the beginning. God, take me home. If that's what you want, that's better by far. But if you want me to stay here and serve you, I'll do that as well. What, oh, we're not promising that everything goes hunky-dory, but what we are promising is a relationship with God, with a God who is full of love, who cares about you more than you could ever imagine, who is full of power. See, this is what the Lord says to us today. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. As the worship team comes uh, to sing the song, I'm going to invite our prayer counselors to come to the front of the sanctuary as well. If you'd like to receive prayer about anything this morning, I just invite you to come and to... Uh, pray with one of our prayer counselors. I'll just ask the prayer counselors to come forward now. And, uh, and they'll be here during this last song, and then they'll be here for the first uh, 10 minutes or so after the service is over. Uh, we've got tacos on the lawn, and that's, that's going to be great. 
but the line's going to get way too long if you go right away. Just hang out and pray. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm just kidding about that. But my point is, uh, it would be wonderful to receive prayer. Um, you know, as, as you come forward uh, to receive prayer, you, you might think, God, I want to ask you to come into my life today. And you're like, today's the day of surrender, and you want someone to pray for you about that? That, that would be wonderful. Maybe you say, I want to have God come in and step in and do a miracle for me. And, uh, and you'd love someone, to, uh, the Bible teaches that where two or three gather together in his name, that he is there with them. There is power in that kind of prayer. And, uh, and these prayer counselors would love just to join in with you. And that's two or that's three right there. And, uh, God, and Jesus will join you in that. But maybe you're coming this morning and just say, I want God to be greater. God's been on the sidelines of my life and on the sidelines of my faith for too long. And I just want God to be greater. If this is who God is, I want to come and surrender my life to him again. I want him to grow in my life. And you want to come and just have someone pray that God would help you to follow through on that. Or maybe you don't know what you want to pray for, but you just know you want to receive prayer you sense that God is here today and you just come forward and say uh, pray for me you know you can pray in your seat you can pray uh, with the prayer counselors but my invitation to you this morning and, and I'll, I'll say this actually I think this is God's invitation for you is to uh, ask God to pour out his love and his power into your life we serve a God of miracles amen God can do wonderful things. Let's go before the Lord and sing this final hymn together.